Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. Join me as we explore spirituality, sexuality, wellness, and the magical world around us. Hello, beautiful beings. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Light Within podcast. I'm so excited to speak with today's guest. He is the first man I'm interviewing on the Light Within, and it couldn't be more appropriate because Johan Erb is truly who I credit with starting my own breathwork practice. I first was introduced to his work about a year and a half ago to two years ago. I originally found him through his wife, Rachel Pringle, who I also plan to speak with on this podcast. And he developed something called Pyramid Breath. He says he got a download for Pyramid Breath and his creation meditation from source, from the divine realm several years ago, and he has been teaching it ever since. Now, my husband and I took his Pyramid Breathwork class last year in the middle of the pandemic, and ever since then, I have practiced on and off this form of breath work. Now, Johan calls it breath play, and he talks about why he calls it that in this interview. And I can tell you ever since I recorded this with him several weeks ago, I have recommitted my morning practice to starting with breath work. Johan has an amazing set of tools available to you online. Many of those are free, so there's no excuse for you not to become a little bit curious and check out the Pyramid Breath. In this episode today, we speak about how Johan started meditating as a teenager. We talk about the ways meditation helped him deal with his anxiety and depression as a teen. He speaks about plant medicine and the journeys he took with that in order to become the man he is today and how he ultimately created Pyramid Breath. Johan also speaks about breath work versus breath play, how we can open ourselves to more magic, the benefits we can see from doing breath work, and why you should start a breath play practice with your partner. Now, he and his wife, Rachel, are breathwork coaches, breathwork teachers. They also teach Tantra, and they are couples coaches. My husband and I took a class with them several months ago, so we've learned some techniques from the two of them, and they always suggested starting a breath play practice with your partner. Johan speaks about this in this episode, and so I highly suggest if you are in a partner relationship, listening to that part of this, and considering how it might be able to improve your relationship by breathing together each day. Now, Johan Erb is a world-class teacher of meditation and breath work, or like he likes to call it, breath play. He is a sought-after spiritual teacher and a coach. He has held a daily spiritual practice for over 30 years and is the founder of Pyramid Breath Method. In this method, he has designed a powerful breathing technique that uses sound, movement, and optimum oxygenation techniques to dramatically shift our state toward positivity, freeing us from past trauma, allowing us to eliminate old belief systems, patterns, and habits, and connecting us with our sacred sexuality in a safe, responsible way. Johan has the unique gift of bringing his deep spiritual perspective to his coaching practices in relationships, finding life purpose, creating healthy habits, conscious communication, and experiencing fulfillment. Johan is also an accomplished actor. 
utterly fascinated by the play that exists in and in between the realms of consciousness. A joyful participant in this divine play we call reality. So please join me in welcoming Johan Erb to the Light Within podcast. Thanks so much for speaking with me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. So my first question is, what ignites your light within? Mm. You know, it's such a great question. And um, what I've, I've thought about that, and, and, and for me, it really is, is a visceral remembering that I am divine. And then through that, seeing and experiencing the world as divine. So taking from, you know, instead of sort of being in the mundane, going into the awe and really seeing the awesomeness of, of the world and, and, you know, how everything operates and how everything is designed. And, and instead of um, looking at it and going like, oh, it's just what what is, you know, just really being in awe of it. And, and the first moment I remember that really happening to me is I was, I was, I was either like, I think I was 15 and I was meditating in my room in Finland and um, somehow had an out of body experience where like my soul or my spirit flew out of my body, like through the wall into a tree outside and up and down the park and, and back into my body and maybe took like 10 seconds, the whole thing. And I remember as my spirit entered my body again, I, I popped my eyes open. I turned the light on. It was nighttime. And I like I was looking, I was just like looking at my body and my hands and going like, holy smokes, like what what just happened? You know, and that was like really one of the first moments for me when I looked at my own hand and I was like, wow. I've never looked at you before, like I've just taken you for granted. You are what you are, you know, but now it's like, what is this thing? And then everything like plants and flowers and other humans and beings. And, and so for me, really, this is a long winded answer, but it, it's, you know, and that's where pyramid breath for me comes in every day is, is getting into the visceral feeling of the divine within myself. And then remembering that everything is an expression of the divine. And then when, when I can light somebody up, or bring a smile to someone's face or help somebody else remember on a visceral level that they too are the divine. That is what really, really lights me up. Hmm. That is so beautiful. And you have talked a lot on social media and through some courses that I've taken with you about this experience that you had when you were very young. You started meditation very young. So can you talk about how you embarked on this spiritual journey? Who or what led you to that? Yeah, so I was a pretty depressed teenager. You know, I, I left uh, Estonia, which was Soviet Union at the time, and, and, and sort of you're literally like, we went outside of the Iron Curtain to Finland. That's where my mom and I moved to. And so even though Finland and Estonia now, nowadays, it's like you're, you pop over there and it feels like you're just going from one town to another. Back then, it felt like you were on a different planet. And, you know, we went to another country where I felt like people were kind of treating us in a way that, um, like they, you know, again, we came from Soviet Union. Soviet Union was the enemy, even though our country, Estonia, had been taken over by Soviet Union. A lot of people didn't really know the difference. And so 
we kept moving from town to town and, 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 you know, we didn't have a lot of money. And, and so it's just like being the new kid and struggling. And, and so it really came through feeling kind of down and depressed. And then I started to, um, I'd actually, I reached out to my dad who was living in the States at the time. And I, I was an avid, avid reader of sci-fi still am. And, um, and uh, I asked him, like, you know, I, I depleted the second largest library in Finland, all the sci-fi books. That's how much I was reading. And I was like, what should I read next? And he said, you know, I recommend you read Dhammapada, uh, Bhagavad Gita, and Dr. Ching. And these are three, like, masterpieces of, of spiritual literature, you know, thousands of years old. And I remember picking up the first one, which for me was Dr. Ching by Lao Tzu. And... I was reading this book and I was just reading it and like crying and laughing at the same time because I felt such a uh, recognition of some sort of soul recognition, this deepening, this opening. And I, I previous to that or right around the same time, I just started to sit in my room and sort of going within. And it, I didn't know, nobody taught me how to meditate. It was before the internet, you know, I hadn't read any books on it, but I would just start sitting in my room and sort of, being quiet and just going inside. And it felt like I was falling and becoming smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And it felt like I was falling in all directions at once. And it was this really like frightening feeling at first, and but also like really awe-inspiring. And I was like, wow, there's this inner world that I'm completely not aware of. And um, so I started to explore it. And through these books, um, that resonated with me deeply. I also found sort of clues or portals or understandings. And, and, you know, one of the things that um, they talk about in Taoism is like, you can't explain the unexplainable. You can't describe the un indescribable. Right. And so when you let go of trying to describe it and rather just experience it, that's where really the freedom lies. It's, it's, it, that's again, you know, going back for me now, you know, teaching pyramid breath, it's really powerful because you don't have to try to understand what's happening on a visceral level. You experience something that is really real to you and you experience a change and you experience uh, an expansiveness and you experience uh, on a visceral level, a connection that you didn't perhaps um, feel before. And so those are the things for me that, that, sort of allowed me to kept to to keep living and to keep going and because i was definitely i had some suicidal moments as a teenager as well and and you know just dark dark moments um and th these were the tools that really helped me find my inner center and um yeah that's how i got into it and how did that kind of grow with you as you reached adulthood and then of course your time in Hollywood how did your spiritual journey evolve and and build you into who you are today so I came to visit my dad in the states when I was 16 and um I was uh it was the first time I did a a mushroom ceremony so psilocybin and I was by myself on a mountaintop uh, on a hero dose. And I don't know if, you know, if any of the listeners have ever gone down that road, but it's a beautiful medicine and luckily being legalized and on, you know, different parts of the, of, of the world right now, United States included. 
And I really had this visceral, again, visceral remembering and experience of the divine like I'd never had before. And it was just a ritual and a ceremony of remembering my divine nature. And it was incredible. And, um, uh, you know, now I have people who are dear friends of mine are working in mental health and are, are working uh, with people that are struggling with life and they're using these tools and the, 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 the outcomes, uh, the, the results are remarkable. So I, I feel really grateful that I got to have that experience. And then, you know, I went back to Finland and I just, it took my practice to a whole next, next level because I'd seen and experienced things with my eyes closed, with my eyes open, like in different realms and realities that I knew existed. I just didn't, couldn't before maybe access, but now I knew it was there. So I could access them even without the medicine. And then when I came back to the States when I was 17 and ended up actually living here and moving here, um, we drove through um, Arizona and New Mexico and Arizona. We did a, um, a peyote ceremony with the natives. Uh, my dad and uncle were really close friends with the natives. And then, we, you know, another experience of deep opening that was incredible. And then, uh, again, sacred space, sacred medicine with, with utmost respect towards the medicine, right? Um, and then moved to New York. And in New York, I got initiated. I read the, the um, gosh, oh my gosh, okay. the autobiography of a yogi by uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, which is an incredible, inspiring book. And that got me really inspired to look into Kriya Yoga, which I did. And miraculously, literally like three weekends away was this initiation that was taking place in New York City. And, um, you know, I reached out to them. I, I found it like through, you know, back then again, like before the internet really was a thing. I found it in this like local newspaper and they had a little ad in it. And I reached out to the, the, the you know, my, who ended up being my teacher. Um, and they were like, oh, sorry, we're booked up. Like we have no spaces left, but you know, if anything changes, we'll let you know. And so I started just praying real hard. And I was like, okay, listen, divine, like I need to do this. Like, let there be a spot for me. And and literally they, they, they said, listen, why don't you just come to the introductory sort of, uh, first thing and then you know there's no space today or, or you know for the thing but just come and be here anyway for the introduction and so I went and then magically of course the divine aligned it in such a way that the spot opened up and then I dove really deep into Kriya Yoga for the next you know 10-15 years I did three different initiations the last one is nine days long like you learn like 144 different uh, meditation and breathwork practices and and um, it was really life-changing for me and I really kind of dove in and then I be, you know it was very sort of, sort of a very strict path of just following that and I was also got into Ashtanga yoga and and so I was very sort of monk-like for many years and then in the last several years I really started letting go of the um, structure of what I was given and started to trust the inner experiences to guide me more. And now, and that's how, you know, pyramid breath method was born was, was out of the space of allowing myself to receive information and just be an open channel versus trying to just, uh, follow a, a rigid path. And, um, and that's been one of the biggest greatest gifts for me and, and one of the biggest, greatest openings. And I think that that's one of the things I also love to teach and share with people is like, you know, 
when we, you know, they say like praying is talking to God and listening. I mean, uh, and, and, and meditating is listening to God. Right. Um, but when we start to be more of in a space of receiving, then all of a sudden the magic of the universe can come through us and show us what there is. And, uh, um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right now. And I do have to say that one thing that drew me to Pyramid Breath was the fact that it did feel a little bit less structured than some of the yoga practices that I've done before. Um, so let's talk about when you got the download for Pyramid Breath and for the folks who are listening who may have never tried Pyramid Breath at all. Um, you know, what is it? Give me, you know, the 411. All right. So, yeah, the, the download was amazing because I've, I've, I'm very fortunate that I have people come and practice with me pretty much every day. Even through COVID, I, I created a, a sort of a quantum space for people to join in on Zoom and, and the Boon.TV platforms and in other ways. And, and it really, um, but before that, uh, it allowed me to, when the information came through, new information came in to share it with people and then sort of test it and see what what is working and everyone the information that I was starting to get um, was went over really well. And then we, we just started to allow that flow to happen more and more. And even when you practice with other people too, there's this resonant feel that happens where, you know, the, the vibration becomes even stronger and the, the portal opens even further. And uh, if anyone's ever practiced anything with other people, you know, whether it's, partying or meditation or praying or exercising or whatever, right? It's better together. It gets amplified. And so I feel really fortunate that I have people who are very dedicated and, and come and practice with me. And through that experience, you know, this practice was sort of downloaded and created, and then I keep refining it. And, and that's the beautiful thing too, is I realized that instead of it making it a rigid method, I much rather make it a really open-ended OS. So it's that, you know, why do a, a program that was, you know, 10 years ago, one thing, why not just always have it be evolving and, and trust that whether it's you or me or somebody else might be getting some other piece of this information. So giving everybody the empowerment to be in discovery of, of how and what is coming through for you. And then perhaps for you to share it collectively so that we can all benefit. And so pyramid breath basically uses, um, you know, two different types of breath, breath work or breath play, like I like to call it, because it's just more fun. Breath work sounds like, oh, it's hard and difficult and you got to really work at it versus I feel like with pyramid breath method, you really get to discover the playful part of it where letting go of the rigidity and getting into the playfulness of our expression when we get to make you know, really weird sounds and noises and faces and movements. Um, and so, you know, for a lot of people who haven't experienced it or might be, let's say, uh, sitting outside and other people are practicing indoors might be thinking there's something crazy going on because it sounds <laughs> wild and loud and people might be laughing and crying and, and yelling and, and screaming and, and, you know, having a, a really powerful experience. And so where it's, different from a lot of different practices. It's a very visceral um, practice where we give ourselves the liberty, the freedom to experience whatever is coming through and giving it a sound, giving it a voice, giving it a movement. 
So for example, if you haven't read the book, The Body Keeps the Score, mm. it's an incredible book by this amazing psychiatrist. And they talk about how our, our body like downloads all the trauma and trauma and traumatic experiences into it, right? And so if you've been in a car accident, if you have been in an abusive relationship or somebody's told you not good enough, you know, enough times or whatever else like that, you've been in a war or, or it all is trapped in our body because we haven't given ourselves a way to release it. And so in pyramid breath method, we give ourselves permission to release whatever we're experiencing right now. And day to day, it's different. You know, it's like you're, you're doing therapy on yourself every single day and allowing yourself to cry and to laugh and to make sounds, to talk in gibberish or whatever else comes through so that you can give voice to whatever is happening. And when we do that, we're actually clearing our field and we're clearing our body. And we're opening ourselves up for more magic. Like we have this idea that, you know, our identity, our, our identity structure is this, is this sort of static thing. And it isn't. It's static only because we've made it so or we've been told that it is. But really, all we are is energy flowing. And when we get when we re-remember that through a visceral experience, then we can identify as that like, oh, I am just love being or I am a loving being, loving, or I am, you know, the universe experiencing itself, herself, himself. And, and, and all of a sudden, we're open to so much more magic in our lives. And um, yeah, so that's kind of the best way I guess I can describe it. And the other piece of it is then when we do release all that trauma or whatever else that's been holding us back, limiting beliefs, stories that we've been telling ourselves or we've been told, then the other part of the, the practice, when we slow down our breath and become really deliberate in what I call creation meditation, which is part of the method, we are actually creating a new sense of self, a new sense of identity, new, a new way of showing up in the world, giving ourselves you know, freedom to express however that feels really good. And then also using, using our imagination to visualize ourselves completely joyful and happy and successful and loved and nourished and taken care of and held. And, and, and it's amazing because what I always talk about is like the world occurs inside of our brain. It occurs inside of our being, right? So we create the state, we create the lenses through which we look at the world through or the, the lenses through which the world occurs to us. And so, then we get to be the masters of our experience. And, and it's really, really empowering because you don't have to change anything on the outside. You change stuff on the inside. And all of a sudden, you're looking at the world completely differently. And that, that to me, is, is like a total hack, you know, or uh, uh, this, this marvelous um, upgrade in our understanding of who we are and how we are and, and what life is about and how we get to show up. Hmm. And do you think that that secondary part, the creation meditation part is um, one of the things that helps set this apart from sort of other methods of breath work? Because I've done some other types of breath work, Wim Hof, for instance, where you don't really go into that secondary part. It It's that forceful breath, which has a lot of similarities with pyramid breath. Although I do like with pyramid breath, how you do like the undulating part for your spine. But do you think the meditation and and the the 
second portion of pyramid breath is kind of what sets it apart and makes it, you know, have its own set of benefits? Yeah, you know, perhaps, perhaps that's the way to describe it. I mean, for me, I think that what a lot of other breath works don't necessarily focus on is how do you utilize the space, utilize this inner state now to create your your now, to create your future, right? And so you just you have this beautiful visceral experience, and then that's it, and that, yeah. that's amazing, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. That's wonderful, but then why not when you're in this space of divine expression and opening, and you're connected to the quantum energy in the field? why not use that to then also create uh, a new version of ourselves a new version of our lives new possibilities and you know somebody who does something like that is, is joe dispenza who i greatly admire and he definitely has meditations with breath that i've experienced that are wonderful um and um so but yeah for i think for for a lot of the sort of breathwork methodologies and you know I'm, I'm only aware of maybe 10 different ones or 15 different ones i know that they don't do this bit the, the way that we do it in the in the pyramid breath method but all of them are wonderful you know i'm not trying to take a dump on any other practice because you know in hinduism they say you know god has you know a million faces mm -hmm. and so whatever way that you get turned on to the divine is amazing Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's prayer or whether it's meditation, whether it's breath work, whether it's nature walks or, you know, whatever, like gets you closer to that feeling is great. What are some of the immediate things you kind of realize in your body when you do breath work and at its core, you know, what is breath work? Mm. Yeah. So breath work or breath play mm -hmm. is, uh, is, is a way to, so let's just, talk about actually what people don't do normally when as as babies most babies are just belly breathing right we're breathing deep into our lungs we're filling our lungs and as we get older because of all the mental stuff that we have to deal with we start breathing less and less deep and, and we start breathing shallower and shallower and in our society today there really aren't practices or we're not taught these things as kids how to calm our bodies for example the navy seals use a breath work called box breathing right when you're when you're using a breath to calm your nervous system i have clients that i coached you know that are lawyers or ceos and and that's one of the practices that i always give them to calm their nervous system because when we get nervous when we experience anxiety or when we experience a lot of sort of input from the outside world, which nowadays there's a ton of because all the social media and the TV and the this and that's so much noise. And then we literally like people stop breathing. And so breath work is a way for us to, instead of needing to take Xanax or instead of needing to take another pill or alcohol or whatever to calm our nervous system, to really calm ourselves, right? And to, uh, to actually oxygenate ourselves and our bodies. And then also to expel toxins. Apparently, we, we expel 70% of our toxins through breathing. So imagine if you're not breathing correctly or you're not breathing properly, you're, you're literally, you're, you're toxic. 
So this is a great way, and it doesn't take a long time to do it, which is amazing. And so you're, you're detoxifying your body, you're detoxifying your mind. And the beautiful thing about pyramid breath method and, and similar paths is that it actually gives us the ability to change our state. So you go from a stressed out state, which most people are in most of the time, unfortunately, to a really calm state where you feel a release, you feel an opening, your, your cells are saturated with oxygen. You've just detoxified yourself because you deliberately were breathing. And then also you've given yourself permission now to make sounds, right? When's the last time as adults, we have given ourselves uh, the permission to make weird noises. Like as kids, we do it all the time. We make weird noises, we get upset, we cry, we laugh, we do all the things, and then we're over it, right? And then they go on. But as adults, we just pack it all in and it's all in there inside of us. And we try pretend that, that it's not there because we've been told culturally, it's not okay to have a little freak out. It's not okay to be sad. It's not okay to be this or that or blah, 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 blah. So we just stuff it down. So the, 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 the huge benefit of breath work is that we get to release it. We get to let it go. It's like a, it's like a reset button, right? And again, it's not, you don't do it just once and it's all done. It's a practice. So I want people to really understand that. And it doesn't mean that you need an hour each day. Maybe you just need three minutes. But just taking the time off from our phones, from you know the TV, from stress, from all the things, and just being with ourselves, and then doing, a like for most people, meditation is really hard because you're trying to shut your mind down or you know stop your thoughts. But if you do breath work before meditation, it's literally like you're, it's like you're like you're cheating because you're getting to a place where your mind just goes blank and then you're in the state of just like oh renewal a new beginning um and so the benefits are huge 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 and if people haven't had a chance to read the book breath by james nestor which is a new york times bestseller uh, it's an amazing book and he goes deep into the science of how we're breathing and also the importance of actually breathing through the nose in our lives so that, you know, people have like sinuses that are, are clogged and stuff and they're breathing through their mouths. And those people are way, 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 way sicker than people that are breathing through the nose. And, and apparently in these ancient cultures, native cultures, people would barely ever open their mouths unless they were eating. They would only breathe in through their nose because they, they, their belief was that when you breathe through your mouth, you're, you're losing life force. So there's so much that's there. And in, in the book um, Breath, James Nestor really goes into a deep dive and does these. He actually like links up with a university and they do these crazy uh, experiments of what happens when you mouth breathing versus nose breathing. And also goes into the science of the Vedas and and and. Yeah, so it's, there's so much there, and I really encourage everyone to do their own research also, um, and notice and notice how people how you're breathing. If you're listening to this podcast right now, notice your breath pattern. How do you breathe? Do you take deep breaths? And if you take a deep breath, even let's do one together right now. Deep breath in through the nose, and let's hold it full for just a moment, and then a moment we'll exhale with a sigh. And exhale. Ha, ha. 
how good does that feel? <laughs> it's amazing, right? One breath. And immediately the body's like, thank you, my goodness, you know? So imagine if you do that for a minute or mm -hmm. two minutes or three minutes or more. So you speak a lot about, you know, the people that you coach. And I know that you and your wife do breath work together, pyramid breath together. So I wanted to ask you about what you've experienced people feel about breath work and maybe body image. Because uh, you talked about the belly breathing and how when we were young, you know, we're breathing through our bellies. You see the little babies with their little their little tummies, you know, all full. And as we grow up, especially for women, I think a lot of us go into the chest for breathing because we're always sucking it in. And then I think that also just keeps us from being more embodied. So how do you feel like breath work gets you into your body and can it heal things like maybe the trauma of feeling like you don't look a certain way and that's not good enough? That's a great question. Absolutely. I, I think that, um, you know, we have all these cons constrictions that we put on ourselves from, from society and, you know, the way that we're supposed to look. Like there was a time when having a full belly look was considered sexy. You know, and it was just, it's culturally, you know, from time to time, it's just different. Like what is sexy? What is beautiful? And I think in today's world, even if you're walking around and sucking that belly in, um, you know, which could be great if you're, if you're really engaging your muscles and you're, you know, doing Pilates and stuff like that. But if, if it's out of shame and, and tightness, um, it's just going to create disease in, in our bodies. So as well as also understanding the why, right? And when we, I also believe, and, and, I, and I believe there's science to support this, when we belly breathe and, you know, there's, what is it called? Like Kalababati breathing or something like that, that you do in yoga when you really like get into the belly and, and, and you know, open that up. It's also because we've, you know, sort of blocked that place we're not actually energizing that place. So we're cutting off our, our sensual energy, our sexual energy, our creative energy. And so it's understanding that's really helpful that if we understand the why behind why we want to let our bellies loose, at least every now and then, why we want to bring energy and aliveness and healing there, at least every now and then. And if it's your daily practice or your weekly practice, all of a sudden, uh, you know, I've had people in that, you know, I'm teaching, we're teaching, had these orgasmic experiences and awakenings because what they've done is like you described, you've blocked off that bit of yourself. You've literally like created concrete in there. Mm -hmm. And so the energy doesn't flow. Right. And so when we do these breath methods where we allow our belly to really roll and expand and contract and move and and then when we in pyramid breath as well and where it differs actually from other methodologies is that we're really utilizing the pelvic floor and um we're utilizing our uh, uh genitals as well you know I, I you know lots of ladies will know the word yoni uh, which is uh, basically a sacred word for your vagina, um, and and that's sort of, oh, and, and then I named uh, for the for the men I named it pony, mm -hmm. uh, which you know goes for perineum, so yoni and pony, which is kind of funny, but we really activate that part of ourselves. So imagine that you're you're breathing in through your yoni and through your pony, but if there is a block 
in your midsection because you're sucking your belly in, right? Because it needs to look a certain way. That energy is not going to go anywhere. It's not going to move up into your heart. It's not going to move up into your brain, into different parts of your body. So it's really important to understand why we're letting go of all the contraction and all the tightness is so that we can actually activate our whole body, our whole being to the fullest potential of experiencing pleasure and love and joy and healing. And so when we understand that why, it's easier to do it. And then listen, if you go into the world and you you know want to have a tight belly and suck it in, make it fun for yourself. Switch that story around it, you know, and 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 don't hold it in and tight because out of fear and shame, but rather because maybe you're doing a belly exercise. And then also if you're in your mind aware of how energy now moves, mm -hmm. you can actually activate it in a different way. You can feel the connection between your yoni and your heart or your pony and your heart. You know, and I, I just coached a, a, a bunch of men that were, they literally had these like orgasmic body experiences when they were doing this breath and they were like oh my gosh like i had no idea and and it's taking away the shame around all that and feeling those feelings because it's just divine love expressing itself mm -hmm. it's just god wanting to come through us you know or or goddess or whatever name we want to give that energy it's life force it's beautiful and amazing so it's changing the narrative, changing the story around it, and allowing that to enrich us and enrich, enrich our lives and enrich those around us. Mm. And I'm so glad you brought that part up about the pony and the yoni, because I'd almost forgotten that key integral part of what pyramid breath does. Um, and I think that's also why I think that it's very, very activating because it does from your floor where you're seated all the way up to, you know, your higher chakras, it gets everything flowing. Um, how have you seen breath play? I'm going to start calling it breath play like you, like you do, um, nice. change your life. Man, for me, even though I practiced breath work for many years before pyramid breath method came through, um, I was, like I said, I was rigid in it, in the practice and with breath play, it's made my expression of who I am so much more uh, fun and less rigid and more, you know, flowy and like fun is really the word that keeps coming where I'm no longer afraid of these inner experiences of orgasmic, blissful, joyful um, sensual experiences that, that, that happen and then how to direct that energy into my heart or into my brain or into other people or into whatever I'm creating in the moment. And it's, it's just opened up this whole new world for me and for so many people who try this practice because it takes away the, the shame and takes away the, the sort of whatever's, you know, with culturally or with religion or however we've been programmed that that somehow is bad or wrong or, you know, we shouldn't be feeling this way to really like enliven us to a whole new level of experience in this life. Like imagine that you're just experiencing life at like 5% and all of a sudden you have access to like the other 95. And so for me, it's really been that where I get to just 
have these experiences that are so magical and so fun and so connected and it's it, and and when you practice with other people even in what i call the quantum container which means like whether it's over zoom or you know skype or on another platform you really get to go wow like we feel each other through this energy across time dimension across space across reality and so it gives you this visceral understanding that we're all so connected and that we are energy we are energy and energetic beings that even you know they've done these studies where uh, somebody is on their deathbed or people are sick and literal scientific studies that when people pray for those people hundreds or thousands of miles away even those people get better hmm. how does that work right it's because we're connected energetically we're we're all connected and so when we take away that restriction and we give ourselves freedom to feel those connections all of a sudden life we're not we're not lonely anymore or not as alone anymore we start feeling into not just other people but also into the animals and plants and 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 you know beings that are existing in the multiverse in, on on other levels and and so it's just everything becomes more colorful it's like you're putting you know going from watching um you know black and white tv to putting on a virtual reality uh, goggles and a haptic suit and being like oh my gosh like whoa uh, it's just a t completely different experience and i loved when my husband and i took your pyramid breath class on zoom last summer we did feel like the ability to feel connected to all these people no matter where they were but i know you practice with your wife mm -hmm. so can you talk a bit about how um this breath play practice can really help relationships as far as um, connecting and feeling into each other? Oh, yes. So it's just amazing. And it, one of the things I'm so grateful for, for our relationship is that we practice together basically every single day. You know, we, it's, it's one of the things that we do together. And, you know, some days we practice with our eyes open. Some days we practice with our eyes closed. I say most days right now with eyes closed, but when you, with your partner or with your family or with your friends, open this portal and you, you create this field of resonance, right? You start, it's, it's like you open up this whole other realm of connection between the two of you, uh, that, in the beginning might even feel a little bit scary because all the unspoken, all the things that are beneath will come to the surface. But if you're not afraid of it and you shouldn't be, um, but, but if you are, I highly recommend to read a book called conscious loving by gay and Kathleen Hendricks. And they really give us so many incredible tools, how to, um, how to consciously communicate. You could also take a course with me and my wife we teach that um and uh and, but that's like you access these parts of yourselves and in each other you start feeling each other on a much much deeper level and then obviously that translates into deeper connection deeper intimacy love making like you've never experienced before but it will also bring up your stuff hmm. which again is not bad it's good 
because it's not going to go anywhere unless it comes up. Yeah. And so um, I find it really, really useful as you start on this uh, or when people are starting uh, on this deepening uh, journey with themselves and with their partners to also then know the tools, how to communicate the difficult things, the challenging things. You know, what my wife and I call the 3% or some, you know, Gay Hendricks might call the, um, the microscopic truth. It's those things that we've kind of tucked away and we're like, I can never say this, even though I'm feeling it all the time. But then that's taken away from the aliveness of the connection. It's taken away from the aliveness of your relationship, right? So to tie it back into the breath play is, you start feeling each other so much deeper and creating more trust and more intimacy and more love. And also, you know, whether the word is, is ascension or the word is transformation or whatever else name we want to give it, you literally start on a visceral level together, expanding your container for love, for intimacy, for joy, for depth. And um, it, it's life changing. Damn. <laughs> that was, I mean, yes, absolutely. All of those things. Um, before we wrap everything up, what would you say would be the first place to start if somebody wanted to embark on their own breath play adventure? So a great place to start is, is I would obviously recommend the pyramid breath method because I love it and I do it every day and I teach it. And, um, um, you know, if, if people are more sort of mental, uh, I would say that read the book Breath. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really great book to understand the why, why you're doing it. You know, for for most of us, because when you first start doing breath play, it could also feel uncomfortable and new. And you're like, oh, I don't know. It seems kind of I have to put effort in and that. And so people might fall off because they're like, it's it feels kind of hard in the beginning. Or I have to like consciously breathe. But if you understand the why. It's really, really helpful. Obviously, educate yourself, you know, listening to this podcast and other podcasts and watching videos and, and, and getting into the research. And then if you're interested in Pyramid Breath, then you can go to pyramidbreath.com. And uh, there's links and things you can you can download links um, on a, a free, free, uh, you know, level one Pyramid Breath method. Um, you could go to boon.tv slash Johan Herb and, and join me. And I do uh, usually two live practices per week and there's also tons of videos and again it's better together guys that's what i really found is is even though uh, i've been doing it forever it's still better together when i'm doing a solo practice it's a lot harder and so even if you're watching a video of for example me guiding you through it it's way way easier because you're doing it together mm -hmm. and so i would really invite people to not just go at it themselves, but really whether it's on video or with other friends or people, family members, partners, do it together because it strengthens the field. It strengthens the resonance. It, it amplifies everything. And then you get to share the experience together. It's really, really empowering and fun and joyous. Okay. Yeah. You inspired me to get back on it because I've fallen off of the breath part. Uh, I still meditate every morning, but um... I'm gonna have to get my shit together and get on <laughs> yeah. all these things. And so you are, you mentioned uh, Boondock TV and the Pyramid Breath website. You're also on Instagram. So give folks the, uh, all the places they can connect with you. 
Right. So on Instagram, it's at Herb Johan, U-R-B-J-O-H-A-N-N. And um, yeah, and then uh, boon.tv slash Johan Herb. Uh, again, if you go to my website, pyramidbreath.com, you can find all those links there. And uh, I look forward to connecting with you guys and taking you on a ride of a lifetime. And I, I you know, I've ex- one of the things that, like I said in the beginning, that lights me up is is when I can be a part of your opening, your uh, discovery, you you experiencing yourself in a new way. That is one of my greatest joys and pleasures. And you know, and when I teach, I also practice with people, which is also different from most. Um, teachers because a lot of times teachers just teach but i actually go on that dive with you and then we are all together in this resonant field together and because i've been doing it now for over uh what is it uh close to 30 years now something oh no 30 years so there's also something that gets transferred in that when you're with somebody who's been practicing for a long long time you know something happens in the resonant field that really helps the people that are new to have an elevated experience because you're practicing with people who've been doing it for a long time um you know back in the day they talked about you know gurus and teachers and people just go and sit you know in their presence and i know no means consider myself a guru i'm just a, a person who's been having a practice a long time and i love it but I'd really welcome people to experience the togetherness of it because it's better together, guys. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that, uh, all of that goodness. Thank you for having me. Such a joy to see you again. I hope this conversation inspired you like it inspired me. Like I said before, ever since talking with Johan, I have recommitted myself to doing a breath play practice in the mornings, and it just really sets me up to meditate and start my day with a clear, focused mind. You can find Johan on Instagram at Herb Johan, U-R-B. J-O-H-A-N-N. His website is called Mind Primer. I'll put it in the show notes. And again, you can also find him at boon.tv slash Johan Herb. Again, all of those links will be below for you. You can connect with me on Instagram at Leslie Draffin or at the Light Within Podcast. Shoot me an email if there's somebody that you want to hear on the show. That email is the light within podcast at gmail.com. Please leave a rating or a review before you go and share this episode with someone you love. Remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.